0: Welcome to the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Mo,
1: and this is the Mormon. We are back again. Another episode. Another week. Another fun topic. And this time we are talking NBA draft. The draft is Thursday, the twenty first, I believe. Yeah, I'm looking at my calendar of a half naked man. It is the twenty first, um, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna yeah. talk. S- <laughs> what? That calendar, of the
0: naked man. That's
1: yeah, yeah, of yeah. That off, I just, <laughs> I just want to like suddenly. So Dallin has this
0: calendar in his in his um, guest room, his spare room of uh, the Thunder from Down Under men, which for those that don't know, that's like male strippers, but they're all yeah. Australian. And I believe it's uh, the month of Daniel. I think. Yeah, it is, it, is, it, is, right it, it is. It's Daniel. Because I had month. to stare at it the entire week I was there. <laughs> well, I didn't stare at it, but I had the un- you know I got to wake up to it every morning and I' right. I guess it's better than looking at you. I don't know. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, I you know, for me it's it it's just a little a little motivation, you know, when I look at a <laughs> such chiseled men. Oh you, gosh. All right. You anywho. and your thunder
0: from down under calendar and your one direction sticker on your laptop frighten me. Yeah. I'm just gonna say Yeah,
1: you know, I I just like to keep people guessing. So anywho I guess so <laughs> So we're talking we're talking NBA draft today. Uh Mitch and I kind of we, we went through the lottery picks. We 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 did a lot of research. Uh, shout out to the Ringer for doing a really extensive uh draft reports and draft guides uh, for this upcoming NBA draft. And we kind of looked at research, I looked at numbers and decided who we thought should get picked uh, certain places and obviously uh, this is barring any trades that will for sure happen. I expect at least one major trade to move up into the top five in the next few days. Uh, so this is Sans trades, just the team picking in this spot where they're supposed to who they would pick. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to go through these kind of pick by pick, talk about some specific players, specific teams, and give you an idea of what we're thinking for this NBA draft and get you excited uh, for the NBA draft on Thursday.
0: Yeah, I mean, and once again, we can't if if you're really interested in the the NBA draft and the NBA, uh go check out The Ringer. They have a really cool in-depth breakdown of each player in the draft or where they think they're going to be taken, pros, cons, who they compare him to because I think I said in the previous podcast, I am not an NBA guy, and this was such a help to go look at this and break down and figure out maybe where I would take certain players. Um, They go through analyst rankings, team needs, all that good stuff. So um, shout out to the ringer and go check it out if you guys are interested in it.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I'll make sure I put it in the comment of the the description of the video so you can find their website for that. So, yeah, so NBA Draft, guys, stick around, and uh, we'll be right back.
0: Welcome back. Let's get to it. NBA Draft 2018. Like Dallin said, we started with a mock draft. Uh, We kind of did like a mock draft. Through the lottery picks. Uh, It's 1 through 13. And um, we kind of just wrote down who we thought they should take. Um, Not necessarily who we think they will take.
1: So we're going to break that down for you guys. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and as we talk about these, there, there's I'm sure there's going to be some we agree on, um, including the number one pick, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, we're, we're kind of going to discuss and explain why we had guys at certain places and maybe other guys that we could potentially see getting picked at that spot. So, yeah, um, let's just, yeah, let's, let's start with number one. Phoenix Suns picking number one. Uh, and I had them picking DeAndre Ayton from Arizona. And Mitch, you had the same, right?
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah. No brainer.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, th- and this uh, based on uh, what the teams have said and what experts have said, this is pretty much not a guarantee, but at this point, uh, more of a guarantee than anything that he's the guy getting picked. Um. He, he's he's played it played in Arizona for a while. They know him. Uh. He is a need that they have, which is a big center to pair with uh, Devin Booker, and I think. Uh, they can build something similar and I don't want to make the Shaq and Kobe comparison. Cause I don't know if these guys will be that good, but that similar of having a big guy in a, in a high volume scoring guard uh, can, can really be pretty powerful. And I think the Suns like that potential. Uh, so I, I like Aiton here. Um, I mean, I like
0: your comparison with Shaq and Kobe. Um, I don't think Devin Booker is going to be as good as Kobe was. I mean, I think we can all be honest about that, but it does help to have a big man paired up with the guy that runs your offense. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the Steve Natch, Dirk Nowitzki type combination is more what I see it like, except Aiden yep. can't shoot um, or not as good a shooter as Nowitzki. Um, so right. um, one of the things I actually thought was funny on the ringer is, um, and I agree with them when you look at him, Um, he passes the eye test, uh, on the ringer, they said he has a body who was built by the basketball gods and (laughs) right. I mean, you look at him and really he, he physically, he has the makeup of the ideal basketball player, the ideal big man. So, Um. um, yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's even a question that he's not that he's going to go or not going to go number one. I mean,
1: yeah, you know, and I think the biggest concern that most teams have for him is his lack of defense. Uh, he has the physical ability to play defense, but they worry that he'll ever get to that point. And I think a great example of a player that he could potentially come is Carl Anthony Towns, who was drafted number one back in twenty fifteen. And Carl anthony Towns has been an all-star. He's been, an, I think, an all-NBA player even in his first few seasons. And he's great offensively, just a really dominant center. But... He has struggled on defense, and that's kind of been the one thing that's held him back from being, you know, a superstar. And I think a lot of the fear is that Aiton looks a lot like Carl Anthony Towns. Just an offensive powerhouse on center, athletic, can play the position really well, but will just struggle on defense. But if he can develop a defense, you know, he could be a Shaq-like player who was dominant on both ends um, and could really be a staple for, for this young Suns team.
0: Where that gets scary, though, is are his instincts just poor defensively, or does he just need to be coached up? And so I think that's that's really what's going to have to be. That's what people are going to really have to look at: um, is instinctively, is he just a bad defensive player or not? Right.
1: Exactly. Well, and that's you know they uh, they just hired the new coach Igor Kokoskov. He was an assistant on the Jazz, um, and he's really known for player development. Uh, he's he's pretty he's really good at that, and I think that's uh, part of the appeal for them having a young team, but that they had a coach that was able to develop their players the way the Jazz do very well, and hopefully that he can take some of that uh, defensive mentality from Quinn Snyder and what they did in Utah and plug that into Phoenix and, and specifically into DeAndre Ayton, so that he can be an anchor. Uh, in the paint and and really solidify them defensively. So I like the pick. I think it'll be exciting to see him and Devin Booker as a young pair. Uh, and they have other guys like uh, Jaron Jackson and Marquise Chris, a lot of athletic, long guys. Uh, I think they can create a really uh, interesting team. So, yeah, yeah. The other thing that I thought of, they they have a need at guard. They need another guard, a point guard more so because Devin Booker is an off-the-ball kind of guard, but he can play on the ball. So they need a guy to switch with him to kind of do both. Uh, But for me, it made more sense for them to look at that at um, 16, because they pick at 16, and there's a lot of depth in the guard position in that mid-first round. Uh, So it made sense to me to take the big guy now, especially with a guy like Aiton, and then wait uh, until you have that next pick uh, to kind of pick up a potential point guard to pair with Booker. So...
0: Yeah, yeah, you got the number one pick, and you're not going to not take the best player in the draft when you have the number one pick. So it makes sense to go get him now and wait till 16 and maybe go get a guard. Um, I mean, there's even suggestions that they take Doncic instead, um, which we'll get to him in a second, because they do have a need at that guard. Um, but I think it makes more sense to wait for, like, Kyrie Thomas. Right. Um, yeah. And take him yeah, now.
1: Right, there's a few guys I think at 16 you have like Aaron Holiday, uh, Eli Okobo, and then yeah, like Kyrie Thomas. They have some guards that can work and I liked Doncic. I actually when I first if I would have done this mock draft like 2 weeks ago, I would have had Doncic number 1. Uh mainly cuz he also has a connection with Kokoskov, the coach. He coached him in Eurowall uh, a few years ago oh, and uh I didn't know that. but I do I like the big man the thing is, is the Warriors are unique in this that they don't have a really true big man. But most championship teams have a big man, have a dominant. You have to have some sort of dominant big man. Right. Um, and so they have the guard. They have the score. I mean, Devin Booker scored seventy points in a game. I mean, the the man can score the ball, and he's got a lot of. He's still kind of raw. It feels like to me. So he has a lot of potential. But to, they need to pair him up with the dominant guy down low um and i think a like a booker eight and pick and roll can be really successful you know i think there's just like a lot they can do with the, those two players so uh, yeah it'll be fun to it'll be fun to watch uh but definitely i think more or less consensus number one at this point um let's move on to, to the sacramento kings mitch you're you're sacramento kings my
0: kings yeah
1: it. you like you like the kings i support the kings <laughs> support them right. i wouldn't
0: call myself a king's fan i am a i would say i'm more of a warriors fan than a king's fan but
1: yeah all right well i support uh, the kings i like to King, see them do King. well i
0: like to see them yeah. do well even though i haven't seen them do well since like before i was in high school so
1: right <laughs> so as a uh, Kings supporter who did you have them uh picking at number two
0: um i haven't taken marvin bagley oh okay um yeah um I think what the Kings need right now is they need someone that can be a go-to scorer. Um uh-huh. they they need an athlete, man. I mean, they have they have basketball players. They but it helps to have an athlete. Like and that can do a lot more for your offense. He kind of reminds me and the Ringer said this and once I thought about it, he really does. Uh kind of Amari Stoudemire.
1: Yeah, player. yeah, I think that's a very good comparison. Um,
0: I I don't think you can miss on Bagley either. Um, we talk about this a lot in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks and how you can really miss on a quarterback because um, uh-huh. you base everything off of their their college merit. That's all you have to base stuff off of, really. Um, and the Kings have had a lot of busts in the last few years, and so it's it, yes. Yeah, you can't draft any more busts and I think Marvin Bagley is a a pretty sure fire thing. Um but we say that a lot about a lot of guys and then they wind up busting.
1: Yeah, I mean there's still obviously is a, is a risk. I think what with Bagley, you have a guy who's going to come in. I mean, he has a freshman, he was like the ACC player of the year, averaged 20-10 a game and the kid's a dominant Offensive force and he's long. He, he, I think he could develop defensively. But I think the fear with Bagley is that his ceiling is not as high, that he's going to be productive now, but we don't know how much he can grow and how much better he can get. And I love the comparison to Amari, I think that's a really good comparison. Um, I think Bagley is a great player. Uh, and you're absolutely right, he's going to come in and he's going to be able to produce now. He's not a project, he's not, you know. Some guy that has a lot of potential, but it's going to take a few years. He's somebody that can come in and 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 play well for this team, and they need uh, a spark plug. They've been in the in the dump in the basement for a really long time, and they need you know something to bring them up. So I I like the pick of Bagley at uh, number two, but I actually had them picking Luka Doncic okay. and. The reason why I had them at Doncic is uh, because I think he brings that same excitement. I think Marvin Bagley would bring a lot of excitement to Sacramento. But I think Doncic would, too, because of how heralded he is um, around the NBA. I mean, people think this kid's going to be a stud. He's 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 got athleticism. He's got agility. Um, and they need support for De'Aaron Fox. I don't think – I like De'Aaron Fox. I don't think he's the guy. I don't know if he can be the guy on a team. And I think when you bring in Doncic, you give him that one-two punch, you have two guards that can play on and off the ball. So De'Aaron Fox is not a true point guard. So you can have him and Doncic switching off, bringing the ball back, running through the offense through both of those guys, and it would allow De'Aaron Fox to do what he does best, which is score. I mean, he can facilitate. He's still a point guard. But that's not his best skill. And I think bringing in a guy like Doncic is going to allow them to both – utilize their scoring abilities and their athleticism in a lot of positive ways.
0: I can see how that would make sense though. Um, giving Darren Fox, another guy to play with in the, I guess that would be the front court, right? Yeah. Or back. Yeah. So or the back court, um, the back court, yeah. or the back court, sorry. Um, giving him another guy to play with. Cause he really doesn't have that. And I think Darren Fox could be a true point guard type. Um, if you force him into that role, but he hasn't had to be forced in that role because he's kind of been that one guy that they had to lead on. So yeah, um, true. I could see how that would work. Um, I just think they need to take a for a for sure thing, and I think in my mind, even though Doncic, Doncic technically has played professional basketball already, I think in my mind at least Bagley's more of a for sure thing yeah. than Doncic. So,
1: yeah, there's always that hesitation with European players, which I don't know if it's fair to them, but it just it is what it is. Like, there's always a little bit of hesitation with the European player. Um, And maybe it's because you haven't seen him for as long. Maybe it's because, uh, you know, they're they're not in the college system, whatever it is. But there is some hesitation. And I I agree with you that I think Marvin Bagley is maybe the more like is going to perform right now. You can you know what you're going to get from him kind of player. Um and if I had to pick if I had to put anybody in this two spot besides Donchick, it's probably Bagley. I, I think it's I think that's probably one of those two guys, but um interesting to see. I think they're gonna get a solid player and I I think whoever they pair up with De'Aaron Fox, they're gonna really start to be able to build a uh, a young core around so mm-hmm. hopefully they don't mess it up. The Sacramento Kings mess it up, so maybe they'll pick like Trey Young at two and then just, you know, blow the whole thing up. So
0: Oh yeah, I got thoughts about Trey Young. I got thoughts.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get to him and I, yeah. I have him a little not not too far down, but a little farther down. Um let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks are picking at number three. Um they're really in need of a center or big guy. Uh also guard work can can be useful for them. Uh so who did you have them picking at number three, Mitch?
0: I had them taken Luka Doncic at three. Okay. Um like you said, they need they need help at the guard position. Um and I think – now, I know I just bagged on him kind of in my last – in the last part – the last segment of this. Um, but I really do think that Doncic is going to be a sure thing. I think he's he's got professional experience already coming into it. Um, he's a game changer. He's a playmaker. Um, he's kind of a bigger Manu Ginobili in a sense. Yeah. Um, shoots yeah. well, but has the ability to drive and actually passes really well. Um, um. I yeah, I have Luca going to the Hawks. I could also see the Hawks though taking reaching a little bit and taking Muhammad Bamba here okay. also um, because they like you said they need the big man Muhammad um, yeah. Bamba or even Jaron Jackson. But I think that might even be a little bit. F- too far of a reach for him at number three. Um, Um. But I have Luka Doncic going in a three spot to Atlanta.
1: Okay. Yeah, you know, the beauty of Doncic is that he has a really uh, well-rounded game. Uh, He really can fit on any of these teams. I mean, if you're any team in the top five, I mean, you can find a room for for Doncic to come on your team. Uh, So I think if you're the Hawks and he falls to three, to me, I'd pick him. I, th- I have him going in the first two. So, but if he was available at three, I would, I mean, if I'm the Atlanta Hawks, I'm probably picking Luka Doncic. Um, I had them picking Jaron Jackson. Uh, So, they're in need okay. of a center and a shooting guard. And like I said earlier when talking about the Suns, the middle of the draft is really heavy in guards and not in big men. The big men are going to be gone by pick ten, and then the next best guys like Mitchell Robinson. But you'd be stretching if you picked him before twenty. So they have yeah. the nineteenth pick, and so I had them picking Jaron Jackson. He has he's a, he's a great two way player. He's going to be able to play defense and offense, and he's got a lot of potential. He, he physically he's he's gifted. He has a lot of potential um, to be a really solid player. Um, I think he's kind of overlooked because there's a lot of big men like Aiton and Bamba and uh, Bagley. Uh, but I think he has. I think he'd be a pretty good player. I think he fits well next to John Collins, who they picked last year at like 19. He's a power forward, uh, and I think that's going to give them two really athletic young big guys uh, down down low for their for the team because he's going to. Uh, jaron Jackson's going to be able, and so is Colin, able to space the floor a little bit more like a modern big. Uh, and at the same time, both those players can score the ball. Uh, and I like the idea of having those two big guys. So I had them picking Jaron Jackson. Uh, but, I mean, if they picked, like, Mo Bamba here or Bagley, who I have falling at this point, uh, I, I would not be surprised. Um, but I, I see them going big man. But like you said, like I said earlier, if uh, if, if Luka Doncic falls to me at three, I'm probably going to take him. So.
0: Yeah, no, if he's there at three, you you almost have to. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, if people I mean, are throwing him around in the number one conversation, um, and he doesn't go number two to where everyone else probably thought he was going to go, which was Sacramento, yeah. Atlanta has to take him at three.
1: Right, so. right. I I think it's very similar to like Jason Tatum last year fell to three at the uh, at, to the Celtics, and he was a potential number one, but Fultz picked number one. They picked Lonzo at number two, and then you're and then you've got. Uh, arguably the best player of the draft, if besides Donovan Mitchell, you know, at the number three spot. So I think the Hawks will find themselves in a really good position at number three. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Memphis. So Memphis Grizzlies picking number four. Uh, they're an interesting team. They have been a playoff team for a while. Uh, just kind of, you know, nothing crazy good, but, you know, low end, five to eight seed range. And uh, they had a a ton of injuries this year and and really just, like, fell off and then tanked and was like, we're not going to do any good, so, like, let's just get a low pick. And so we're looking at a team that uh, has Michael Conley, who's an all-star, that has Mark Gasol as an all-star. So they're in an interesting position uh, in this draft, uh, especially compared to the other teams around them. So uh, who did you you have them picking, Mitch?
0: Well, if we had a buzzer, an alarm sound, get ready for bust alert because... I think he's going to go here, and this is got probably the guy in the draft that I think, or at least in the lottery picks, I think has the biggest potential of busting, and that's Michael Porter. Um, I have him going to Memphis at four uh, because I think it'd be really good for him to play with an established big man like Marcus Saul and pair him up with a team leader like Mike Conley. Um, but... I put him on bust alert because we haven't seen him play a whole lot in the last year and a half, two years, you know? Yeah. So, no, well, I guess not two years, but, you know, year and a half, year. Right. We haven't seen him play a whole lot because he had those back issues. And he, what, played six games at Missouri? Yeah. His yeah, freshman exactly. year, and all of a yeah. sudden he's declaring for the draft. So, um, and he was that kid out of high school that they're saying – If he didn't have to go play college ball, he probably would have been in the NBA draft anyway. Um, But because he hasn't played a whole lot in the last year, and he's still having issues. I mean, you were just telling me before we started recording that he's still having back issues. Um, I don't see. Yeah,
1: he can't. He canceled a workout with the team. Yeah. um, And so teams are kind of scrambling to kind of get an evaluation on him. But it's clearly there's still some issues. stemming from this injury so
0: yeah I so I could see it really not working out I could see it really not working out but based on his value right now I think four is an appropriate place to take him
1: yeah that's crazy that's that's a lot higher than I had him getting picked um but I do understand it because like you said I mean coming into the season he was more or less the consensus number one pick so yeah. there is oh, – yeah. there's high there's high potential but also high risk with him that, like you said, I mean he could be a bust. These injuries could be too much. He might not be as good as we thought he was because he hasn't played in so long and he could end up being a bust or he could be a guy that just had some injuries like a Kyrie. I mean Kyrie I think only played, what, 10 games his year at Duke and I mean yeah. look at him now. He's he's an all-star. He's an NBA champion. What, what so. I could
0: see happening with him is they try to use him like a stretch four type. um position and expecting him to be like a Kevin Love when he's not right um so that that's where that's where I can see it being an issue is I'm trying to create another Kevin Love or another Dirk Nowitzki and it's not going to happen because he's not that type of player um yeah misutilization is what I fear for him
1: Right. But I, I mean, I don't actually I don't mind the pick with Memphis because they are an established team. So this is a team that can take a risk like that. I mean, the Kings can't take a risk on Michael Porter because they need they need to do something. They've been they've been they've been bad for too long, you know, but yeah, the Grizzlies yeah. have a good enough team as is right now that they could probably compete for a playoff spot. So they're in a position where they can, you know, maybe make a make a risky pick here with like Michael Porter and you know if it works out then they look like geniuses. If they don't, they still have a decent team. Um I had them going in a different direction. So I um I had Marvin Bagley falling to 4 here. And so I have them picking Marvin Bagley. Uh and the reason and the reason why I would pick Bagley here over anybody else is cuz he's he will be Good now, like I said earlier. And so, if you're a Memphis team, you're already a playoff team. So, if you can add a rookie who's going to play well his rookie season, now you're looking at a team that can push for a higher playoff spot. So, now maybe they're looking at five or four, even as opposed to being six, seven, eight range. So, for them in a team that's more in a win now situation, and as opposed to some of these other teams that are more of a develop players, you know, build a roster situation. Uh, it makes sense for the Grizzlies to pick a guy like Marvin Bagley who can come in, perform next year, add to this team that can be a playoff team. Uh, they, I mean, they have Conley. They will hope to sign Tyreek Evans again, who played really well this year. Uh, they'll get Mark Gasol back, who is a little older. And, you know, hopefully that having Marvin Bagley can kind of replace Gasol when he gets too old, you know, or they trade him away. And uh, I think they could continue this playoff run that they've been on by adding a piece like Bagley. So.
0: Yeah, no, they have the pieces. They do. So I think adding Mike Porter's just or Marvin Bagley in your case would um,
1: can only help. Can only help a team like that. I I like the I like the pick of Porter. That's interesting. Um, I like the logic there. I I think that's sound. But I wouldn't pick him that high if it was me. But I I like I like yeah like I said
0: you don't have a whole lot to base off of. Um, basically, right. you're going off his high school accolades at this point. So yeah, ba- basically.
1: I mean, yeah. he was solid out of high school. We all know that. So, yeah. but that doesn't always and translate.
0: He, he, he didn't show it at Missouri, but we know he can score. He can score.
1: Yeah. Um, Definitely. He
0: didn't show it at Missouri because he only played six games. He only averaged what like ten points or something like that at Missouri. But, yeah. Um, he only played six games there. Right. We almost had another
1: Mike incident. <laughs> Always with the mics, Mitch. Jeez. Always with the mic. Keep keep your hands inside the vehicle, man.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Manos y piernices
1: inside the vehicle at all times. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. That's right. Thank you for the Spanish. Okay, uh, who's next? Who do we got? Dallas. Dallas. Dallas Mavericks. Okay. Yeah. Who did? Uh, who did? Can, uh, I'm gonna go first this time. I had. Yeah, uh, you go first. I had the Mavs picking Mr. Mo Bamba. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I really like Mo Bamba. He's very reminiscent to me of Rudy Gobert, uh, who's just a solid defensive player, but Mo Bamba, what makes him better than Gobert is like, he can actually shoot from outside and, and they're hoping that Bamba can develop into a decent three threat and if you could have Rudy Gobert with the three-pointer, I mean, like, that that's crazy. Yeah. That's a defensive player of the year who can hit, who can space the floor way more than Rudy Gobert can. And I think the kid is raw, but he has a lot of potential. Uh I like pairing him with Dennis Smith Jr., Uh similar to Booker and Aiton. You know, you have a guard and a big man to be able to establish a team around. And they, I mean, they've also got Harrison Barnes. They've got a few other younger pieces with a lot of potential, but they're in need of a big man. I think they're going to go big man here for sure. Uh, but with the way that I have the draft rolling out, I, I end up, I have them getting Bamba.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, I appreciate people with the name Mo. So I went with <laughs> Mo Bamba. Uh, yeah. I haven't gone to, it makes sense too. Cause he's went to school in Austin, draft him. To Dallas, so yeah, he's only got-
1: yeah, it's true. I mean, from Texas, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, like you said, Rudy Gobert is actually who came to mind too for me. Um, he reminds me a lot of him. This dude's a freaking nature, too, by the way. His wingspan yes. is unreal. He stands They're like eight se- foot, he stands about like seven, seven, one. He's got um, a seven ten wingspan. I mean, that's crazy. It's not, <laughs> I mean. He better be a good shooter because he can shoot with guys right in his face. He just shoots right over the top right. of him. No one's going to block yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but like you said, the defensive attributes, is he's a top-of-the-line defensive player coming out of college. Um, and then he has the ability to score and be productive offensively. I do worry about his frame a little bit. He's a little lanky. Um, yeah. I feel like some of the bigger guys are going to push him around a little bit. Um. Uh-huh. And that's when Tristan Thompson comes to mind for me also for him how he kind of gets pushed around a little bit in the paint um so I'd like to see him bulk up a little bit um before he came into the league but because I think he'd get pushed around that way but um yeah but if he's playing on the perimeter if he's playing in a if he's playing in a spot he, and he's gonna be you know putting him next to Dirk, which I don't know if dirk's going to be there next year or not.
1: But I don't. I don't know. I think. I think I, the plan is that he'll play next year. But he's yeah, getting but to the end. Even you know? if he
0: plays one year with Dirk, like that is so much knowledge you can soak up. Oh know. yeah, it's similar to Michael Porter playing with Mark Gasol. Like that is so much knowledge you can soak up from one big man yeah. to another. And because Dirk's not a big. I mean, he's tall, but he's not a bulky dude. No, um, and he's relied on a lot of his shooting and perimeter game throughout of his career. So maybe Mo Bamba could pick a little bit of that up from Dirk. Going, you know, throughout his rookie year, and so I think that's I think it's a good solid pick for Dallas to take Muhammad Bamba at this at number five.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I am 100 with you. Um, I think that yeah, I think Dirk can teach him a lot how to play on the perimeter. I think Mo Bamba is going to fit a lot of what the modern big is uh, playing on the perimeter, being able to you know space the floor like that. And uh, I think when you know when I when I make the comparison to Rudy Gobert, I think it's really spot on because Rudy is not a big guy either. He is kind of lanky. I mean, he's got yeah. a little more bulk to him, but he is a little older too. And uh, but Rudy has a lot of athleticism. He's quick and he's got a long reach, so he's able to play well against. Bigger, bulkier guys, and I think if Mobamba can develop the way that Rudy has, gain some mass to him, obviously, but you learn yeah. to use his length <sighs> and his athleticism to his advantage, I think he's going to be able to hold his own. Uh, but you're right; I well, mean, that is the concern: is that you know when you've got a guy like DeAndre Ayton or Carl Anthony Towns or Demarcus Cousins, you know, coming, you know, b- uh, you know, posting him up, like it's it, he's it, just going he to struggle play in
0: Shaq's era because. If he went to Dallas, he would have been playing Shaq a lot and yeah. that would have really sucked for him. Um but also I think Dallas needs to take him as be- because they busted so hard with like Nerlens Noel and like Oh yeah. Yeah. So but you can't push him to be that big guy that Nerlens Noel was going to be. Um. I think you have to let him play with the skills that he has already. Um not saying you need to build an offense around him or structure your offensive attack around Mo Bamba. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But um. Um, I think Dallas needs the big man that they thought Nerland's DeWell was going to be. And I think they can get it with Mo Bamba. <laughs>
1: absolutely absolutely i think they're taking big man here regardless um i i do I, I think mamba's mo Bamba's the best fit for them and so i hope they get him at five and i think he'll probably fall to five though yeah, if, he has if, been if gaming Jiren
0: jackson's a lo- there they might take jaron jackson who knows right and
1: jaron jackson would be a really good fit for them as well uh either of those but i like bamba the best so hey we we agreed on one we got one in five we're on the same page so far Let's uh let's talk six. I highly doubt we had the same guy here, uh, so I'm excited to talk about this. The Orlando Magic, kind of in a boat, as a lot of these other teams, just a perennially bad team that need a spark, that needs something going. So, yeah. M- Mitch, who did you have going to Orlando?
0: Yeah, I have them taking Jaron Jackson. Um, I don't want them to think that they're getting a young Dwight Howard again, though, because um, that's not who he is. Um, but he's also one of the safest bets, I think. Um, a lot of talent. He's the youngest one of the youngest players in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. but he has that big wingspan again. He stands about six eleven. He's got about a seven feet five inch wingspan. Um reminds me a little bit of well, they put it on here on the ringer dot com as a millionaire's Taj Gibson. So yeah. <laughs> I mean he's kind of the rich man's Taj Gibson. He's an ambidextrous shot blocker, really good defensively, and I think you can work on the offensive stuff, but you can't teach defensive stuff, and so True. that's something that Orlando really needs right now.
1: Yeah, like like I said earlier when I had talking about the Hawks, he's he's a two way guy. He's going to be able to play offense and defense, and he's got a lot of potential because of his age. Um, if I'm Orlando and he falls to six, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I had them, uh, I had Orlando picking Trey Young. And hmm. the reason the reason why is I think Trey Young is besides Michael Porter the biggest high risk high reward guy in this draft. I mean, people you know when he was going off at Oklahoma, people were looking at him like he was the next Steph Curry, and don't think he's going to be the next Steph Curry. But he has huge scoring potential and was able to facilitate the ball really really well. Uh, so he has a lot of potential, but he also has a lot of bust potential because. He's just a shooter. He doesn't play any defense. So if he he can't get that shot going, if he loses that shot, he's basically useless. Uh, But when I look at Orlando at number six, I look at a team that has not had anything exciting for a very long time. They have not drafted very well. They've had okay guys. They've had guys who have left and played better when they weren't playing for the Magic, like Victor Oladipo. And right now, there's, they have a guy who they drafted last year, I think, at six, if not seven, Jonathan Isaac, uh, who's a defensive uh, player. He's not very good offensively. They have Aaron Gordon, who's had a lot of question marks. And I think they just need something exciting for this uh, fan base because they literally have nobody. <laughs> they have nobody. They have nobody at no—so if they draft Trey Young, that's going to bring a, a bunch of not only excitement for the fan base, but a media attention, national attention to the Magic uh, with this kid, and it's going to be able to re- hopefully revitalize the franchise. And I think they're at the point that they need to make a move like this. They need to do something risky uh, to kind of bring this uh, team back up from the doldrums. And I, I think Trey Young is the right pick for them.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I have Trey Young going somewhere else, very, very, very soon. But <laughs> uh, not to give anything away. But right. I can't go wrong either way, I don't think. I mean, you're the Orlando magic. What You have nowhere to go but up. So you exactly. might as well start with somewhere and take your pick. And you, Yeah, you didn't get the ideal lottery pick. I mean, six is okay, but it's not the right. best lottery pick. Um, so you might as well start somewhere. Um, I think in today's NBA, I think you might be right with Trey Young. Uh, just because in today's NBA, it's, it's so based around scoring and perimeter basketball. That they may be better off taking a guard, um, <clears throat> Jaron Jackson. I mean, that was just too much of a sure thing to pass up. Where right, and I'll get to Trey Young um, in a second. But yeah, I don't think you go wrong yeah. with either one.
1: No, I I agree that like if Jaron Jackson falls to six, I mean I had him at three, so I'm looking at him if I'm Orlando for sure. But I just, well actually like I, said, I'll I take
0: that back. You can go wrong with one of them. I think you can go wrong with one of them, and I'll get to that in a second.
1: Yeah, I think Trey Young, you can go wrong with, but you yeah. could be getting a guy who's a perennial All Star too. So that's the again the high risk, high reward. And I think you bring up a good point that they don't have anywhere to go but up, so they're in the position to make a risky move like this because what's what's the worst that can happen? They continue to suck, you know? <laughs> like, right. So uh, yeah, I like it. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Chicago Bulls. So you have Trey Young going to the Bulls.
0: Yeah, I have Trey Young, um, point guard out of Oklahoma. And hit that buzzer! It's a bust! It's gonna be a bust. You you can't I don't see you're probably thinking to yourself, if you're listening to this podcast, Mitchmo, what do you think? What do you what do you mean Trey Young is gonna be a bust? He averaged twenty seven point four points a game, three point nine rebounds, eight point seven ex- assists. What do you mean he's gonna be a bust? I'll tell you why he's going to be a bust is look at the months of February and March when he played this last year. And I think we saw the real Trey young. He played so out of his mind for the rest of the year. And then those two months he really struggled. And I think we saw a true reading of what Trey young might actually be in the NBA. Now I'm not saying he's going to be unsuccessful, but I'm saying he's not going to be what everyone thinks he's going to be. I do have him still going at seven to Chicago who I think would really compliment Lori Markkinen well. Um, and it gives him another athletic wing. Uh, I, I think he'll be more of a point guard, but I think he can also play that wing position as well, even at 6'1", or whatever he is. Just don't get too excited about him. I just, I just don't want people to get too excited about him because I don't think 27.4 points a game is what you're going to get out of him. I think what you're going to get out of him is a much more watered down version of what you saw of him in college. Um, Mike Bibby is what comes to mind for me, for him. That that comparison. Um, a great passer and a great shooter. I mean, he shoots really well. I just don't think you're gonna get what everyone else saw him doing at Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, you know, I, uh, I don't, I, I, I have no idea how to think about Trey Young. I, I, there's, there's a lot of a lot a lot of question marks um when it comes to uh when it when it comes to him and and what he he can be um i uh what I think of trey young, I think a lot of buddy healed who also came from Oklahoma a few years ago and mm-hmm. buddy healed was a guy who had a lot of threes and people are like' oh this guy's gonna be big and he hasn't really been that successful in the nBA in his few years that he's uh he's been here and um I, I I see a similar trajectory to Trey Young that he won't really pan out. He'll end up getting on a team and maybe be a solid role player, maybe eventually be a starter, uh, but nothing crazy to what we think he's going to be. And I, I I think you're right on that. Um, I had you know I had the Bulls taking Wendell Carter Jr. here. Uh, they have a hole at center, and I think he pairs well with Markkanen. it gives them a lot of flexibility and uh, a lot of athleticism. Um, he, Wendell Carter's an all-around player. He doesn't have a lot of, um, uh, a lot of weaknesses. He can even shoot the ball. Uh, he shoot the three pretty well, which is, uh, what Markinen does so well. Um, and I think that's a good guy to pair. I also, like, I know they have a lot of need at, like, the guard area, but a guard, small forward kind of area, but I think they have guys like Justin Holliday, uh, Denzel Valentine, uh, they have a few younger pieces that I would like to see them develop and give another shot before they draft another kid in that spot and so I think center is a better spot for them to fill um but I think trey Young's going somewhere in this range six to ten uh, so I would not be surprised if we fell here and i don't I don't hate the pick but you think he's gonna be a bust so that's all I got for him. I mean, he's gonna bust. Uh, bust, bust. He might be. That's absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely possible. Okay, let's talk. This is a this is an interesting position. We're talking next the Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, when I did this, I was this was sans Lebron. Like I wasn't, I wasn't thinking Lebron's leaving. Lebron staying. I'm just, ba- I, I'm assuming Lebron's leaving basically. And when when the Cavs pick at eight, and I'm assuming that's what you did.
0: Uh, no. No, I did not.
1: So you um, were considering with with LeBron staying. This is who they would pick.
0: I'm considering that. Okay, so so let's be real here. LeBron does not get along with the owners in the front office, right? Doesn't no, get along not at all. I think whoever they pick at number eight here could determine could put could put the final nail in the coffin as to LeBron leaving.
1: Absolutely I think, right.
0: Um And I think because they don't get along that Cleveland makes a pick where he doesn't stay. Um, Uh I have them taking Wendell Carter Jr.
1: here. Okay.
0: Um, Because I think, one, that they're thinking long-term. I think that in the front office's mind, they already think LeBron's gone. I don't think Cleveland has a whole lot of hope, unless you're a Cleveland fan. I don't think they have a whole lot of hope that he's staying anyway. Um, And I think that... They're ready to move on from Tristan Thompson. At least I would be. Like, oh yeah, I can't stand yeah. him anyway. I would be ready <laughs> to move on from him. So you might as well bring in a young guy. Um, and I think Wendell Carter Jr. makes the most sense because he's the most he's the best available big man at that at this position. Um, he's yeah. undersized for a center. He's six ten, um, uh-huh. which I guess that's not really undersized, but it is a, a tick below average. Um, right. But he's quick, and but thick-framed at the same time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. um, Um, That's an interesting perspective to take with this pick. My perspective was uh, that LeBron's leaving. They're going to make a pick for the future, like you said. I mean, they they have to at this point. Plan on the future without LeBron, and if he comes back, great. So I have them picking Michael Porter here at eight. I have him falling mm. to eight and the Cavs picking Michael Porter for multiple reasons. One, like we talked about earlier, he's a high-risk, high-reward guy. He was projected to probably be the number one pick going into the season. So you have a kid that obviously has a lot of potential, but a lot of risk with his injuries. Um, And he could be a steal at number eight. When all is said and done, if he can recover from these injuries and be the player we thought he was going to be, you could be looking at a guy who was a steal at the eighth pick. And. Um, I also think that if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, you saw what happened when LeBron left the last time. They were practically irrelevant for four years uh, until they got Kyrie when he was young, and they started playing better, but they had a lot of number one picks, a lot of low picks, and were a pretty irrelevant team. And Mm -hmm. the Cavs have been able to build that up with LeBron, but I don't think they want to be irrelevant again. If they pick Michael Porter Jr., then now they're in the media conversation because this is a big-name guy. Him, Trey Young, uh, Luka Doncic, DeAndre Ayton, and Bagley I think of the top five like most notable guys in this draft. So you pick him. Now there's media attention to you. Now people are going to be talking about you. Now there's articles written about the Cavs and how does Michael Porter play and like how, what is his potential? Is he going to be able to do it? And it keeps them in the conversation. And I think if you're the Cavs, that's, you, you don't want to fade away into obscurity again post-LeBron. You wanna be able to stay in the conversation. And yes, there's a lot of risk with him, but I, I think I think there's a lot of positives just even having him on the team is gonna bring them uh so I had them picking Michael Porter Jr.
0: Okay. So that's probably your biggest slip of the draft then, right? Like that guy's going to fall the furthest do you think or? yeah
1: yeah yeah i i th- uh, yeah that was the guy i had fallen the furthest um for sure just because of the injury issues and i think that this week he didn't help himself having the more more injuries and i think if i'm a team in the top 5 i'm i'm hard there there's a lot of talent in the top 5 uh you know players in this draft and i i don't think michael porter fits in there with as much injuries as he has and uh so i think he i think he'll fall a little bit, I think he's still a top 10 pick. Cause if I'm like the calves of the Knicks or even the Sixers at 10, like I'm picking him probably. Uh, but I think he falls out of the top five. Yep. So
0: following Cleveland at the number eight pick is New York Knicks at the number nine pick who in the last few years have had all sorts of issues from front office to on the court. Dallin, where do you have, who do you have New York taking? I think it's pretty apparent where they need the help on the court for the Knicks. Where do you who do you think they take at number 9? Because we're starting to like those big names are starting to dwindle now a little bit at this point.
1: Yes. Yeah, they're looking at more role player, maybe solid starting guys at this position because it is a little farther back. I have them picking uh Miles Bridges uh who's a forward for Michigan State at 9. Okay. Uh mainly because he's an all-around player and he's versatile. He can he could Play, be a role player he can fit into a lot of teams uh and um i think he's gonna be a solid weapon to add next to porzingis um just because he could do a lot so he's he, he he's a guy he's six um wingspan of almost seven or 6'10 um he's not not a super big guy but like like i said a three he's kind of a three maybe a two uh he can kind of fit into a bunch of different uh positions he's athletic Uh, And so I think he's the kind of guy that just adds a good weapon. He's a good player. And he's not someone that's going to really make a huge impact, I don't think. But when you're drafting at number nine, there's not a lot of guys at that position that are going to make a huge impact. So you want to get a solid player. And I think that's what the Knicks can get in Miles Bridges is just a solid all-around player that can fit. Uh, whether they get a free agent this summer, whether they're just trying to build next to Porzingis, like he can kind of fit in a in, in a lot of different roles. So
0: Okay. See I'm going with the big man and guard combinations, I think. That's kind of my trend of this draft because I the Knicks do have a need at forward. That is that's very apparent. Um but they also have a need at point guard. And so I went with uh Colin Sexton going here at number nine point guard out of alabama um similar a similar build to trey young um and a, kind of a similar player he's a he's a score first he plays his ass off he plays so intense all the time um almost fearless but he'll he's been criticized on how intense he plays he almost needs to kind of tone it down a little bit um, he plays a little bit too quick. Um, he reminds me a lot of Eric Bledsoe, Patrick Beverly, uh, those type of players. Um, but I think pairing up, and I'm sticking to the big man and guard combinations, I think pairing him up with Porzingis would be another great, that another pick and roll option that they can run um, in that offense. And someone who plays that hard that intense all the time. Um, running to pick and roll with someone who plays almost a little bit fearless is, um, I think, something that a lot of teams look for.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I like Sexton there. Um, I, I they, they drafted Frank keen out of France last year. Um, and I he was never going to be anything crazy. I think it was a bad pick for them, honestly. Uh, but they have him already. Uh, I think getting another guard in there, uh, like Sexton, would would uh, be able to develop a, a pretty decent young backcourt potentially for them. Uh, I thought Sexton here at, for a minute, um, but I ended up going with Bridges because I think it's the safer pick and it's a smart pick. And not that Sexton isn't a smart pick, but there are a lot of questions about his potential and how much he really can't, how much he really can do. And uh, I think you know. I don't know what direction the the Knicks are going to go. They 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 might need to take a home run, and if that's the case, I think at this point Sexton's probably the right choice. Uh, I had them going safer, uh, and that's why I had them picking Bridges. But I, the Knicks are a hard one. I, I don't like. I said it just really depends on what direction they're trying to trying to go with this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now you took Miles. Yes, Bridges. Miles
1: Bridges. Yeah, from from Michigan State because
0: okay, there is another Bridges coming up here pretty quick. Yes, and he's who I had that, at number uh, ten. So let's uh, let's. Hey, we've agreed at number 1. We've agreed at number 5 and we'll agree at number Oh, 10. I love it. The si- Maybe we'll agree at number 15. Who well, knows? We,
1: I don't know. I don't actually know if I even looked at 15. We didn't go yeah, that far, like, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Sixers are picking at 10. The Sixers much like the Grizzlies, but even more so than the Grizzlies. Our team that was the playoff team, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're a solid young core. And so they're really in a neat position. After getting the Lakers' pick at ten, they can really add another good, solid, young piece. They're not looking for a star like Embiid or Simmons. They're looking for a solid role player, and Mikhail Bridges is it. I want to know why you think Mikhail Bridges.
0: Well, he's he's a big he's a big small forward. Stands, what, six seven, I think is mm-hmm. what it is. So he's a, he's on the bigger side of small forwards. Um, and they kind of need a size at the wing. There's a big drop off in size, I think throughout their whole lineup. Yes. Um, and they need, and he's a big three and D guy. Like he shoots the ball really well, but plays really good defense. Um, kind of a clay Thompson ish type player. Um, and so I think Ben Simmons needs that shooter around him. Um, and it also gives Embiid a little bit of help as well. Um, Oh, the ringer worded it as insurance, which uh-huh. is like the perfect word for it. Yeah, um, But yeah, I, and it, just, it, it just seems like the right pick at number 10. I don't think too, I don't think earlier or later than that. He kind of seems just right. Yeah. At number 10. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I agree. You know, he, um, the, he, he brings them, uh, a three point threat. Uh, which is good because Bellini and Ilyasova and Redick are all unrestricted free agents, and they can't bring them all back, especially especially Redick, who got paid $20 million last year. So they need somebody to replace that production that they had uh, from deep, and Mikhail Bridges will be able to do that. But on top of that, he can play defense. Like you said, he's a 3 and D guy. So he's going to be able to shore up a already young and uh, potentially great defensive unit with Simmons and Embiid, and he can kind of, he's a guy that can shift on a lot of guys, he's probably pretty good defensively, be able to guard at the four, he's not too tall that he could guard at the two, so he can guard multiple positions, which is going to give them a lot of versatility, and he's very similar to Robert Covington, who is a guy that they already have, but he's just better. He's a better shooter than Covington, he's better on defense, but he's a similar like he's a similar player. And I think when you watch the Eastern conference finals, you could tell that was like the one hole in their lineup was Covington was just not good enough as a scorer and not quite good enough defensively to, to really, you know, be effective in the game. And I think Mikhail Brages is going to be able to do what Robert Covington should have done last year specifically in the Eastern conference finals. So I love this pick. I think this is, much like Ayton to me or Mo Bamba, this is like the perfect pick here. Like yeah. the perfect guy on the perfect team.
0: It just seems, it's just, it's a perfect, it's a
1: great fit. It's a great fit. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. <clears throat> Look at us agreeing sometimes. Look at that. Let's see if we get two in a row here.
0: Because <laughs> next okay. pick at number 11 is Charlotte. Yes. Um, They kind of need a, I think they need another point guard here um, should Kemba Walker get traded. Right, yeah, that's kind of been some talks that like you know he needs to be on a better team. He has a lot to contribute. Um, they could also use another player like Michael Bridges, which is where I could see him falling to at number uh-huh. eleven. Um, they need that three and D wing type player, but they also need an athletic forward. And so I put um, Kevin Knox out of Kentucky Bro,
1: there. We did it. We did it. I had Kevin hey, Knox. Hey, there you go. All right. Look at us. Look at us. Kevin
0: Knox. Yeah. <laughs> you, Kevin you Knox said, is
1: going to. You said everything I would have said there. That was great. Really? Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> How
1: about that? Yeah. You know, I agree. I actually had a note on here. I said, if they trade Kemba, Most likely, if they trade Kemba, they're moving up in the draft. So this was kind of a different note. But I had basically written on here, if they trade Kemba to go pick Colin Sexton, because that would be like the next best point guard they could probably get. Or if they move up high enough, maybe they get Trey Young. But this is assuming no trades. They stay at 11. I 100% agree with you. Uh, Kevin Knox has a lot of potential. He's a good scorer. He could pair well with Kemba. um, And Malik Monk, who they picked last year.
0: And I I actually have Kevin Knox going... As early as number seven, which agrees with the ringer. Um, okay. To the Bulls, because the Bulls do need that big man also to compliment Markinen. Um, uh-huh. But I think that Charlotte's a good fit with him if Kemba doesn't leave. Yes. If yeah, Kemba yeah, yeah. leaves, then they're going to be trading up, probably, like you said, and they'll take Colin Sexton. Or if Trey Young slips even further. Right, they would they would grab him, but I don't think yeah. Trey Young slips much further than seven or eight. So I don't see it happening. But Kevin Knox at the position that they're at right now, if everything stays status quo, that's the best fit by far.
1: Yeah, you know he's a uh, he, he's a power forward. He's six nine, so he's he's not super super big, uh, but he's a great scorer and he's young. He's under nineteen. Uh, he's got a lot of raw potential, especially on the offensive end. And they have Malink Monk, who's a shooting guard who they picked last year, who is supposed to be a very good scorer as well. Kemba, obviously, is a, is a scorer in his, in his own right. Uh, and I think, you know, they have Dwight Howard at the at the defensive end to kind of hold that all down. I think they could have a a, a pretty decent uh, team there. The East is weak. They'd probably make the playoffs next year uh, if it all went well, if they didn't have any injuries like they did this year, so... Um, yeah, I I liked Kevin Knox. I like that pick a lot. So,
0: yeah, I mean, who does he remind you of a little bit? Let's just give a little NBA comparison. Like, who, who does he remind you of as a player, if you
1: have one? Um, you know, a little bit. I uh, I have to say, uh, Tobias Harris, and this is the ringer. That's the first one they kind of compared to. Uh, Tobias Harris is a solid player. He's very good offensively. He's kind of like an in between. He's not super. He's not a big power forward kind of guy but he's also not like a small small he's not like a small forward he's kind of that in-between guy but athletic and can score the ball really well and I, if Kevin Knox develops into that kind of player that's that's a pretty solid pick especially at 11 so
0: yeah I I, I agree with that um, I also say it's a a draymond that could score a little bit that undersized big guy um, that I mean Draymond has the he has, he can score if he wants to. Um, that he doesn't have to because of where he plays. So, right, um, and who's around him. When when you have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant, you don't have to score. Like, yeah, he he puts his eight ten points up a game and plays really good defense. So I could see Kevin Knox kind of being similar to that. But to, I think Tobias Harris or Al Harrington is another one um, that kind of he has shades of for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, so now we uh, we get to an interesting spot. So the Clippers have both the 12th and the 13th pick, courtesy of the uh, Detroit Pistons. So they get back-to-back picks. And I, I, I could see them trading one or both of these away to move up to get players. But in this, they're picking both, uh, which is not a bad position to have two lottery picks, even if they are at 12 and 13. So I obviously did these together, basically. So I'm going to ask you, Mitch— who were the two players that you had the Clippers picking?
0: Well, they need help on the wings. They need help a little bit everywhere. I mean, when we when we say this team needs help at this place, it's not that they don't need help everywhere. Because if they really sucked, they kind of need help a little bit everywhere. True. Um, <laughs> and the Clippers do. But really where they need is a bigger guy to play in the paint, kind of a power forward maybe. A undersized center um and they also need a shot creator at the wing i went mile brit miles bridges at 12 okay and he's that guy who plays bigger than his size he's definitely more of a small forward type but he plays bigger i mean he averaged seven seven rebounds a game at six six so i mean He's kind of that undersized big man I think that they need. And he's a, he's a good scorer. He's a good scorer, that two, that go-to scorer that I think that they need. Um, that's who I have them taking at 12. So 13 is a player that's going to complement them. And I love the University of Miami. That's one of my favorite colleges I know in football to watch. Um, and now they have a good basketball team, and I think they're going to take Lonnie Walker the fourth here. Um, okay at 13 shifty explosive um and he's one of those guys that's kind of a he has a good scoring upside to him definitely a more guard a, a guard type but he's also got uh-huh. some length to him he's six four and has a 6'10 wingspan so he's got right. some length to him um and i think those two players really complement each other well for the needs that they have going into the draft uh who do you got yeah. who do you got
1: yeah, you know, uh, those picks are interesting. I I if Miles Bridges falls falls to 12, I would definitely take him. Um I think that's right. I, Walker to me is a little bit of a stretch here. I think he he does have some offensive upside, but I think he's kind of a question mark kind of guy and uh it would be a little more of a risky pick in my mind. I had them so I had them picking Colin Sexton at 12 cuz I had Sexton falling to 12. Um okay. And Sexton, to me, if he falls to 12, much like Bridges, like, I think you got to take him. Uh, he's definitely got the starting point guard potential. And I, at 12, either Bridges or Sexton could be a steal when we look back on it, you know, that a guy fell that far. So I think um, – I think that that would be a solid pick for them. That's why I had Sexton at twelve, and then I had them picking Robert Williams uh, out of Texas A and M at fifteen. So he's a big guy. He is a little undersized. He's six nine, but he has a seven five wingspan. But he's he, he's a bigger kind of guy, two thirty seven. Uh, very reminiscent of like uh, DeAndre Jordan or Clint Capella, uh, though he is a little like smaller than those two guys. But a uh, um, a guy that can that can play offense pretty well play defense pretty well um just a solid big man and uh i think that uh i think the clippers move on from deandre jordan uh i don't i don't think he's there next season i think if they really want to rebuild they got to trade that last of their big three away and move on and so he right. would kind of be able to replace what uh deandre J- jordan was doing and uh in a lot of ways so yeah i could see him taking um Robert Williams as well, um, yeah. And a- another thing to note, he did play. So Texas A&M was playing a two big offense, which is not very common. That you have two, I mean, two big guys, especially in college. So, and he played out a position in order to do that. So, when he goes to the NBA, he's going to be able to really fit in his position. So there's a lot of potential uh, besides just what the stats he put up in college. So,
0: yeah, a little bit more maturity there too. He's got a year more. Under yeah, his belt yeah, yeah. in college, a little bit more maturity um, mm-hmm. than the other guys. So as
1: a sophomore, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean the the draft lottery is interesting. I think you know Mitch and I agreed on four of the thirteen picks, which is pretty decent. Um, and like I said earlier, there there is going to be at least one major trade of a team either moving up or moving into the lottery uh, here in the next few days uh, before the draft. So that is going to change uh, a lot of things, and uh, we'll have to see what happens there. But, uh, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of potential, especially high in the draft, to get some really, really good players. And even in this late lottery, I mean, there's some solid role players that can be uh, picked up uh, by these teams. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Mitch, did you look at any other teams or any other players and picks besides the lottery? Uh,
0: I kind of stayed inside the lottery. Um. Okay. I mean, int- I mean, I could look at it with you as you're talking about it uh, to kind of give a little, maybe give a little bit of perspective. Um, yeah, for sure. I thought Mitchell Robinson was someone that was really intriguing. Um, yes, yes, a good, a really good late round selection, um, and he's yeah. come out of high school, um, which I thought was interesting as well.
1: Yeah, he uh is he the one who reclassified? No, no, that was a different guy. No, no. Mitchell Robinson instead of going to college just took a year off to train.
0: Yeah. There was a guy and that then... went to IMG which is basically a high school for athletes. Right. Um where you can tech where you actually can come right out of hi- right out of IMG into a professional
1: draft. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure how he's an works. interesting
0: Don't quote me. Okay. Though.
1: Yeah, I'm going to talk about him in a second. So I first want to mention, and I I talked about this when we talked about Phoenix earlier, they have the 16th pick. They're definitely going guard here. I actually, so they have four picks in this draft. They have 16, or they have more than that. So they have, yeah, they have four. So they have number one, number 16, number 31, and number 59. I could see them trading up into the late first round to pick Sexton or Young. So they would trade that 16th pick. Probably the 31st, oh, maybe uh, a future pick, and they move up from 16 to get into the late 8 9 range and they pick Sexton or Young. I can see that. Because they need a point guard too, and I think that they're kind of at the place where they have Jaron Jackson from last year. They, they'll have Ayton, they'll have Booker. They can get another young point guard. I think they could really make a push to developing a young core, and uh, I think that would be very interesting so to see. Would,
0: you see. would you think it's more more probable? That they trade up to go and get a guy like Sexton, or stay at sixteen and get a guy like
1: Shai Alexander. Um, I think they stay at sixteen, but I would be I would be interested if they moved up because if they have a guy like Sexton and maybe he falls to like eleven, and you can convince the Hornets to to move down to sixteen and throw in a couple extra picks to to be able to get your guy like. I think it's worth looking at, but there is a lot of options. Like I mentioned earlier, there's Aaron Holiday, Eli Akobo, like a lot of point guards that are more point guard point guards, not like a Trey Young who's like a shooting guard who plays point. I do guard, like Eli Akobo;
0: that's a good guy, or and Aaron Holiday, but
1: yeah. So the, and like you said, Shea Gilgis Alexander. You mentioned uh, who did you mention earlier? Um, I don't remember now, but there, there, there is, there's, they're deep in guards here, especially point guards and shooting guards. So uh, I think they will most likely just stay, but I would, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they moved up to get one of those other point guards. Um, I wanted to talk about my jazz. I'm a jazz supporter, just like Mitch is a Kings supporter, um, and a lot of people are saying they're going to pick Kevin Herder. I think that's how you pronounce his name from Maryland. He's very uh, Joe Ingles-like, 3 uh, and D kind of guy, uh, athletic, you know, can kind of do everything. Uh, but he has an injury that just, I think he just got injured or had something pop up. Uh, so that is going to put his pick into question. I have them picking Kada, uh Bader-Diop. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah.
0: Really? That uh, early, from- huh?
1: from Ohio State at 21. Yeah, he's a he's a very good shooter and a very good defender and that's basically what the Jazz do is they um they they want guys that can space the floor, defend multiple positions and that can shoot the ball very well. And that's exactly what he does. He's 6-8, he's got a 73 wingspan. He's a senior, he's experienced. He'll be 22. Uh, he's 22 right now, I mean. A guy averaged almost 20 points a game in college uh was the big 10 player of the year. I think he brings a lot of maturity to an already mature Jazz team. I to me he fits what the Jazz do um to a lot of to a lot of extent just with his experience with his uh with his versatility and I would be very excited if they picked him. Um so that's kind of who I was looking at for the Jazz at 21. Um, but I guess, I mean, the ringer has them, him going at 20 to the T wolves. So I guess it wouldn't be super, super early, but
0: see, cause I see, um, I even saw him as late as early
1: second round. Really? Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, and I, and now I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, I could see him going there, but
1: yeah, you um, know, not, I mean, these late first round guys are kind of hard. A lot of them can fall all the way back to the second round, you know, you never, uh, you, there's a lot of question marks with a lot of these guys uh and so there there's room to fall um for sure yeah um yeah. And i, that's, I w-
0: guess it, I guess that would be a knock on word on H- huter hoiter heuter how, how would you say his name
1: I don't know how to say his name, um, but yes yeah
0: <laughs> um that he doesn't have the length that diop does.
1: Though he looks like he'll be a solid player. But also with that, he plays shooting guard. And obviously they have Donovan Mitchell. So they could do, you know, Donovan yeah. Mitchell can play point, And I think eventually they'll want to transition him to more of a James Harden role where he's a ball-dominant shooting guard. Uh, so a guy like Herter would fit well next to that if they ever go that direction. But for now, he he wouldn't be as useful as a pick with Rudy, Ricky Rubio um, on the team. But I, I do want to talk about the Lakers as well. Um, the Lakers have the 25th pick in the draft from the Cavs this year. Um, and I had them picking Mitchell Robinson, who's the center that we were just talking about. Uh, he's got a lot of questions, but a lot of athletic ability. Uh, he's elite physically, and um, he is still very raw. He was. Um, So this is what happened. So he was a five-star high school recruit. He enrolled at Western Kentucky, but in September he opted to skip college and train for the draft. So he didn't play at all in college. He just basically skipped college uh, for a year, trained for the draft, and now he's uh, obviously going into the draft. But he's 6'11", 215, so he's still a little skinny, but he can bulk up. His wingspan is 7'4", so not huge. But he's got a lot of athleticism, and the Lakers have a need at center. Um, and so I think a guy like that would fit well with whatever team they put together next year. <laughs> yeah, because oh, yeah. uh, we have no we have no idea who's going to be on the team. I also had so the other guy I looked at here was Jalen Brunson, and uh, Jalen Brunson's not really projected to go until the second round, but he's a guard from Villanova who knows how to win, who's older. Who's a leader type guy, and he's very reminiscent to me of Josh Hart, who they picked last year at thirty. And Josh Hart was from Villanova, had been on those championship teams, and has come in and played really well his rookie season, a lot better than I think a lot of people expected. Um, has been a really solid player for the ja- for the sorry for the Lakers and a key young player going forward for them. And I think Jalen Brunson can be that type of guy, a good solid backup point guard for Lonzo. Uh, a guy who can add a lot of leadership to the team, a lot of experience in winning uh, to a young team, or just a solid young piece to have behind their superstars if that's the route they go this summer. So, I liked uh, I liked that pick. So,
0: so you don't think Mitchell Robinson will go to the Lakers because I could see that no, working th- out.
1: I think they do. No, that's what I'm saying. I think he goes to the Lakers, but the if there was another guy I was looking at, it would probably be Jalen Brunson.
0: Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. But, yeah,
1: the number one guy I have for the Lakers is Mitchell Robinson. I think he just – I think he's – I think that's the right place for him.
0: Especially if they get guys like LeBron there, then you have Lonzo, and uh, maybe possibly Kawhi Leonard that, now that we're hearing some stuff.
1: yeah. Um, well, with the Kawhi Leonard, they'd have to trade some guys. So Lonzo might be gone, and so might Ingram, and so probably will Kuzma. I, so we have no idea what their roster is going to look like next year. But Robinson is the kind of guy that is a riskier pick in the late round, but he could potentially turn out. I mean, he was a five-star recruit out of high school. So this kid could be like Kuzma was last year for them, who they picked at 27, who ended up being first-team all-rookie. You know, This could be a guy that could, could play really well for them. That was about it. Those were the only guys I, um, the only other teams I, I looked at really. But was there any other uh, guys that you that you were looking at? anybody Anybody notable? Oh, I'm good. Cool. I got my stuff. Well, that is that is the NBA draft. We'll talk uh, next week a little bit about it. Um, just to recap what happened. Um, if there's anything crazy, I guess we might, we might do two episodes cause we have something else planned next week. So depending on how crazy the NBA draft is, uh, we might have to <laughs> dedicate a, an episode to it. Um, but, uh, exciting things. I, like I said, I think there's a lot of solid players uh, throughout this first round. I think a lot of late first rounders could potentially be really, uh, solid NBA players. So, you know, there's um, it's a
0: very deep draft,
1: very deep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty deep draft, so it, it it is exciting. Anything anything else you'd like to to say about this draft? Mitch Mitchell David Dodd. I I'm good. I'm looking forward to next week. That would be a good that would be a good pod. Yeah, tell them what we're doing next week.
0: So next week, we are going to have our first official guest on the podcast. Friend of the show, Jordan Fox is going to be joining us. And we're going to be doing our first fantasy football mock draft of the year um it is it is coming up on that time of year here pretty soon where teams are going to start going to camp which it i i can't believe how close it is to already to training camp for the nfl Mm -hmm. um but that's one of my favorite times of the year is the nfl season and um one of my favorite things to do in my spare time other than talk sports is do more sports and play fantasy football with my friends um, I believe Dallin's going to be joining the league with us
1: this I will. year. I will be and, uh, not only joining, but dominating. So uh, look forward well, to you that. Know,
0: <laughs> yeah, so maybe a little insight to how me and Jordy draft, because Jordan is on our league as well. So um, it should be a really good podcast. If you're into fantasy football, give it a listen. I'm not claiming to be an expert, but um, I know, I know some things. Maybe I could share some things with you. Don't yeah, listen to Dallin. It, don't, don't listen. You know,
1: I've I, I played fantasy football for many years. I drafted uh, five teams last year and I won three of my leagues. So I'm just saying that I kind of know what I'm doing to an extent. Uh, so, you know, um, I like to yeah. brag
0: that in, in our league, I like to brag that I won three championships in four years. But then last year, I was so, my team was just so terrible. I got decimated by injuries. Um, I was the poor soul that picked David Johnson, number one overall. <laughs> and then lost him in week one for the rest of the year, and that was just that kind of just set the tone.
1: You can't um, recover from that.
0: Yeah. So, but we're gonna we're gonna be doing some fancy football stuff. Um, who to take where? We're gonna do a full length draft. Uh, we'll go over the parameters when we get there uh, because honestly, the draft goes quicker than you think um, right. when you're doing a mock. So. Um, we'll go over the parameters with you guys once we get those set. They'll probably be geared more towards what our league is going to be like, Dallin, um, which will be a 10-team, full PPR league. Um, the rosters are a little bit different uh, than what's usually played with, but it'll be, a, it'll be a fun episode.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we'll be doing it live, too. So, I mean, we'll be talking about the picks as they come up, players That's that right. are— you know, where they're projected. And so, yeah, like, like Mitch said, if you're, if you're into fantasy football, uh, this is a little early, but we're excited about fantasy football. So, you know, and why football
0: not in general football in general, yeah. too, because yeah. it goes more than just what we think the players, individual production is going to be. It goes into, uh, you know, what, how we think that team is going to be, you know, what teams do you shy away from? Uh, what teams yep. do you really want to jump on? So, um, exactly. Fantasy football goes deeper than just the players, individual productions. So, um, make sure to listen next week. It'll be a good one.
1: Yeah, thank you guys uh, for listening this week again. Always make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a comment, share with your friends, especially those who like the NBA who are excited for the NBA draft. Get up to uh, just listen to it before before the draft happens on Thursday. You know, get knowledge up. Uh, you know, get excited, and you know I'll be watching the the draft live on Thursday night. Uh, so I will. Um, I'll be tweeting, uh, Instagram, posting, will both be. Uh, So, you know, look out for those. Follow us on the Instagram and the Twitter. The links will be in the description of this podcast. Mitch, anything else to say to the peeps? And as always, follow us on
0: Instagram and Twitter. Get in on the conversation. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know your thoughts. We like talking to you guys. We like knowing whether you uh, like us or hate us, whether you think we're stupid or smart. We want to hear let us know.
1: Yeah. We need acceptance. We we, we crave uh, positive reassurance. So, Oh, that's sad. <laughs> Just Did I come off too desperate? <laughs> a little too desperate. A little. My bad, guys. Uh, <laughs> anywho, you guys enjoy your week. Have a great week. Enjoy the NBA draft, and we will catch you next week.
0: See ya.